Hey, y'all. Welcome to Latte and Laundry. I'm Suzanne Bilodeau, and I am so honored to be with you here as we navigate motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between. This is a podcast for my fellow imperfect people who want to grow in greater communion with our most perfect God. So join me and my friends as we laugh, cry, dive deep, and explore with one another as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world. Hey friends, welcome back. I am getting really excited for Christmas over here as I'm sure many of you are as we are really nearing the days of um, Christmas and it's great in our house because I had set in after the first year of homeschooling, our December was really crazy. And I found myself getting really stressed out over things like making cookies and um, att- attending parties and doing things that just felt like it was consuming me and almost a distraction for me. And I just felt super overwhelmed and busy. And ever since then, we decided that we were going to take most of Advent off of school so that our hearts could really focus on, on the meaning of this season, of this time, the waiting of Christ, right, to come. Advent means to come. It's this waiting of all that is going to come during this beautiful time of our liturgical year. Um, And instead of setting my heart on things that almost unfairly became burdens and distractions, they are now the focus. What are our hearts doing? Are we, are we glorifying God during this time? Are our hearts set on him or are we just treating everything like a busy, chaotic um, burden? So I actually want to talk to you guys about something that's been on my heart, which is this idea of, Are we too busy to be captivated? Okay, so I'm going to open us up with our Bible verse today, which is actually a little longer than I typically do for Bible verse, but I really wanted to do um, much of it. And um, it's going to be um, Luke chapter two, uh, verse eight through I think it's 18. Okay. All right. So in that, and in that region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, be not afraid for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which will come to all the people for to you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, and you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they had made known the saying which had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. Okay, so that's pretty meaty. <laughs> and I'm sure we are all very familiar with this Bible verse from our, even our, these Bible verses from our childhood as we, we, um, you know, always got excited and ready for Christmas. We would read the story of the nativity and the shepherds coming as a big part of this story. Um, but one of the things I wanted to talk about was just often in this time, we are so busy with things that um, 
can seemingly seem super important, but are often end up becoming what distracts our heart from the from the main core of what this season is all about, Jesus, right? And we can say this to our kids all the time. We can say things like, the reason for this season is Jesus himself. And yet, do we actually acknowledge that in our own hearts? Or do we allow ourselves to get fully distracted um, with things and keep our hearts busy from noticing what is in front of us, right in front of us, front of us, which is often Christ himself. So as we wrap up the Advent season and get closer to Christmas, really let's look at our hearts. Really let's look deep and say to ourselves, what is captivating my heart? What is becoming the focus of where my soul and my heart goes and is it God himself right I talked about this in one of one of the episodes I have done recently on um I think it was the one that was called consumable where I talked about how Jesus stopped me in my tracks as I was about to go receive Eucharist that I was more consumed by the quote-unquote Catholic celebrities that were in mass with me that I was hoping to connect with after mass than I was with the fact that I was about to receive Christ himself in the flesh, in the Eucharist, in my, in, in my mouth and in my heart. And so um, I think this time of Jesus coming, his birth, Christmas, is even more often a time that we can easily become distracted by things of this world that can, we can allow ourselves to be captivated by, which is not God, right? We can be captivated by the presents we want to buy, the presents we want to receive, all the cookies and treats we're going to cook, the schedules, the busyness, the parties, the, the, the things we're trying to wrap up before the end of the year. We often allow our hearts to be completely captivated by this and totally miss God and himself waiting for us to be captivated by him. There was an interesting story that I heard uh, my priest give in his recent homily on being captivated by God, to be honest. And I, it just, the story totally blew my mind and it just set my heart into a new trajectory as we wrap up this Advent season with regards to being captivated by God. There's this this story of this man in 2007 who was playing the violin in a DC metro station during what was the morning rush hour. And he was playing beautiful, beautiful music and I don't know for many of my listeners if you've been in the situation where you've been in a hustling, bustling city and you see people playing music often with a, a bowl or a hat out or their the case for their violin or whatever it was um, op- open for donations and whatnot. And, and a lot of times every once in a while somebody might stop and listen but often are passing by and rushing through their day. So this was in 2007 and people were rushing through the morning rush hour and this man was playing the violin. And in 45 minutes that he played... Okay, so he played for 45 minutes long, about 1,100, I think it was precisely 1,097 people, actually passed by him in this station. So, okay, here we go. He's in a DC metro station, morning rush hour, 45 minutes, 1,000 plus people passed by him. And during that time, about of the 1,100 people, only seven people actually stopped to listen, right? So that's about a percentage of less than 1%. It's about 0.006 people stopped to listen to him playing his music. And what's interesting is that three days before this incident at the metro station, the same violinist had filled the house at Boston's stately Symphony Hall where merely um, good seats 
Not even the best seats. Good seats went for $100 a piece. And two weeks after his time here playing in the 45 minutes in the metro station, um, two weeks later at the Music Center at Stratham in New Bethesda, or North Bethesda, he would play to a standing room only audience. So (laughs) people who would even like stifle their coughs and not cough or sneeze until the silence between movements had passed because they wouldn't want to interrupt his beautiful playing. Now, the same violinist is playing in a D.C. metro station and people are hustling and bustling past him. This was actually an experiment that was done um, by the Washington Post to test if our environment impacts how we perceive things. Okay, so if we're busy and we're hustling, bustling, and it isn't a ticket that we've paid for, what will happen here? And they revealed later to people that this violinist was the one-time child prodigy um, Joshua Bell who was an internationally acclaimed um, kind of miracle worker violinist. And yet nobody stopped. <laughs> I mean, merely seven people stopped for him and everybody else passed by. He was playing some of the most renowned musical pieces ever known to men. And people are passing by. Nobody is captivated or very few are captivated with the beauty of what he is doing. Right. And I think this just like stopped in me and my tracks when I heard this story, because I think all too often this is exactly what we we experience ourselves. And we don't even realize that we are walking past the king of the universe, not being captivated by his own beauty, by his own goodness, by his own truth and him drawing us closer to him. Right. He is there in the Eucharist, in the flesh, in the tabernacle at all times. And how many people pass by uh, churches all the time, not thinking to go visit Jesus? How many times do we have an opportunity to stop at adoration and yet the busyness of our life does not allow our hearts to be captivated by him fully? And even outside of Jesus in the Eucharist, in in the incarnate, in the flesh himself, um, he is at work at all times in our hearts and souls. And yet we are so busy, we do not allow ourselves to be captivated by him, right? If people can be standing, passing by one of the most world-renowned, internationally acclaimed violinists who's playing for free a musical piece for them. And he was playing on what was a like over $3 million violin. So he earned about, I think he earned um, a few dollars from the people that might have like passed by, even if as they rushed and didn't stop. Meanwhile, he's playing on over a $3 million violin and puts out concerts that are sold out World-renowned, filled seats for over $100 a piece, easily for decent seats, right? And they do not allow themselves to be stopped and captivated by him. It is no surprise that we do not stop and be ca- allow ourselves to be captivated, captivated by the king of the universe. And I was when I was praying through this and thinking about the shepherds on the morning of Christ was born, and they were stopped in their fields, and the angels told them all that was happening. It said that he, they left in haste to go see the Christ Jesus, the baby in the flesh, right? And that everyone wondered at what it was they had been told in wonder. Are we in wonder of the God of the universe who comes to meet us in the flesh, right? Are we, are we in awe and in wonder of that? Because quite frankly, I will tell you, I am often not. And I'm often just so busy by the bills I have to pay or the checklist items I have to get done or the shopping I need to be 
dealt with or the fights I'm breaking up between my kids and the lessons I know I still need to teach or the friend I know I need to call. And yes, our hearts can be centered on Christ at all times is impossible as that says seems, right? Paul tells us to pray at all times. Our hearts can be turned to the king of the world at all times amidst doing all of our stuff. It's an imp- it seems like an impossible feat and one we will all be climbing towards for the rest of our lives, but it is possible. And I thought about the scene of the shepherds rushing to Jesus, right? And bowing their heads in reverence for him and adoring him. And I think a lot of times we often miss the fact of this the beauty of the adoration that these shepherds had for him. Which reminds me also of the the Magi, right? The three wise men we know that were traveling from the east and coming to um, what had the stars had told them, the North Star, right? That they that what the um, they had been told years ago and what the prophecy said was coming undone before their eyes as they see this star and they and they find him in a stable in Bethlehem. These wise men who had come, we don't know for sure. Were they kings? Were they royalty? We don't know. But the fact that they brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, often things of that were of um, royalty would be carried. They were probably dressed in fine, beautiful linens and clothing. And they're coming in a stable in reverence for the king of the universe who has come in the tininess of a little baby right? And I think about when they were visiting or when the shepherds were visiting and how many people probably passed that stable. We don't know this for sure, but I'm almost very confident that there was plenty of people, other um, people in the town of Bethlehem that night, in those days to come, passing by the stable without any real knowledge of what was taking place in that stable between the arms of a carpenter and his beautiful bride, Mary, right? Like we don't know for sure, but I am pretty confident that there was many people who passed by without giving reference to Jesus himself. And yet, (laughs) if you think about it, they did not have the fullness of the knowledge of Christ at that time. The angels had revealed this to the shepherds. The magi had been given the star, but many people were left in the dark, not knowing until it was shared with them who was amidst them, the king of the world, right? They were all waiting for their Messiah, but they did not necessarily know that he was here in the flesh now. And yet we, over 2000 years later, we do know this. We do know that the king of the world has already come to save us and redeem us. We already do know that Christ Jesus is asking us to have an intimate personal relationship with him, to be captivated by him. We don't have an excuse for walking by the stable in our hearts. We don't have an excuse for not following the North Star. For now in our hearts, we are called to be captivated by him and by his beauty, right? And a lot of times our nativity scenes, uh, scenes like that we see often like will seldom capture the overwhelming moment of adoration and exaltation. But a lot of the beautiful religious art that focuses on the Magi actually focus on the adoration of the Magi. They're magnificently dressed, men falling down before the Holy Child with their eyes lowered as though they were not even worthy to look upon the face of God, humbly and delicately kissing the feet of the newborn king, like lowly servants kissing the feet of their master. 
Do we have the same reverence for our God? Do we have the same ability to be stopped in our tracks, not pass by like the people, the hustling, bustling, um, busy, working, um, rush hour going people who passed by Joshua Bell as he played his most magnificent pieces in the metro station. I don't want to be that busy to pass by Christ in my heart. I don't want to be that busy to not have reverence for him in the Eucharist and reverence for him in all the places that he illuminates his beauty, whether it's in nature right? Luckily for us, God has given us the beauty in nature that often captivates our hearts, but he's also there pulling us towards him and his love in the small things of beauty. Whether it's the way that your baby grasps your face in adoration for you, you as its mama, right? Or your child who wants to run and show you a picture, a, scrib- a scribbly hot mess. Or the kid that comes weeping over and wants to be held by their mama. There are all these little ways in which we don't realize the king of the universe is trying to reveal his beauty, to captivate us by his love in these tiny little day-by-day ways. And although our hearts are often busy with messiness, right? The scrubbing of the dishes, the folding of the laundry, the changing of the diapers, our life doesn't always look beautiful. So often it's really hard to be captivated by the king when our lives are so messy and dirty. But this is why I think it's so awesome that God decided to come in the messiness of a stable. The messiness of probably, to be honest, animal like smells, right? Hay, dirt, things that had often been used as a feeding trough for the, for the animals is now being used as the home for the king of the world. If God um, decided to come to us in the messiness of life and yet still asks us to be captivated by him just as the shepherds and the magi are. I think our hearts can still be on a journey of being captivated by him in the messiness of our day-to-day lives. Again, this is like the whole mission of latte and laundry. I always go back to because it's a it's a thing on my heart and a journey I want to work towards and move towards for the remainder of my days. And I will probably never master it, my, <laughs> my friends. But I know God delights in me and he delights in you as you desire to journey towards this idea of stilling your heart in him at all times. While you're busy and moving like Martha in this world, that we remain stilled at the feet of Christ in adoration and love for him as Mary was while we're moving amidst the the dirtiness of, of all that life presents us. Right. And so I think as we like wrap up this Advent season and we move towards the, the days of actual Christmas and Christmas joy, I just invite you to ask yourself, are you allowing yourself to be captivated by God? Or are you just another passerby who passes by the stable, unaware of all that is transpiring in front of you? Are you allowing the busyness of the season to be what captivates your heart? Or are you allowing the king of the world to be where your heart finds refuge? That allows you, is what sustains you, is what fuels you for the busyness of this season, right? So I would just love to close us in prayer for all of our wife, mama, sister hearts, that we may be um, just a blessing of this for our children, that we allow ourselves to be captivated by Christ so that we in our, in our own souls are captivated by the reason for this season, right? So let me pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, I just want to thank you for all my beautiful friends here. 
and for all the hearts that so earnestly desire to seek you in all things. <laughs> we are so grateful for your mercies as we often fail on the day-to-day to, to stop um, the busyness of our inner world so that we are stilled by you, so that we are captivated by you. Right? You remind us in Psalms 46.10 to be still and know that I am God. So I ask you as we, we enter these these last days of Advent and um, come upon Christmas, that you still our hearts so that we may be captivated fully by you. And through our captivated hearts, we may share your goodness, your love, and your beauty with all those around us so that you may be what sustains us during all of these times so that our children may come to know you fully in your beauty and be captivated by our inner joy that comes from you alone. I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, friends. Um, I'm so happy to be with you. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to be in this space with you. You will not believe it, but I'm actually sitting here recording while I'm on day two of COVID. Um, believe it or not. It was the perfect timing for me to record. I'm laying in bed just getting over having a fever and my husband is still having me quarantine and he's being a saint bringing me meals and tea and drink and my heart's just flooded with um the goodness of god and so i couldn't help but record where my heart floods that's kind of why all the podcasts and blogging stuff started because when my heart is on fire for god i want the rest of the world to be on fire for him too um so thank you for um being here with me i hope you all have a blessed christmas and i'm just excited to see as we come closer to 2023 what the new year will have in store for all of us for all of our hearts for all of us leaning into the vocations that god has led us to and um yeah i hope you guys all have a good one god bless (laughs) 